Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Finding inner shelter amid outer crisis. So I'll speak this based on the Bhagavad Gita 270. The Bhagavad Gita is speaking uh, about a crisis where Arjuna has to fight a war. And Krishna tells him that even amid a situation where he has to fight, he can actually find inner peace. He can find inner peace and shelter. So 270 in the Gita talks about Apuryamanam achala pratishtam samudrama paha pravishanti yadvat tadvat kamayam pravishanti sarve sashanti mapnoti nakamakami So Apuryamanam says that just as water or a river flows into an ocean but doesn't disturb that ocean. Similarly, worldly perceptions can flow into the consciousness of a spiritually advanced person but those don't disturb that person. So the idea over here is in the world, there can be two kinds of perceptions that can disturb us. So I'll talk about this in three broad parts. First is what causes outer crises and storms. Third, second is we'll talk about what do we mean by inner shelter? And then how can we maintain that inner shelter amid outer storms? So when we talk about disturbances, they can be of different levels. Somebody can, may speak a few harsh words to us and that is disturbing. But somebody is be out to destroy us, maybe destroy our reputation, destroy our position, destroy, our, destroy us physically, the, our lives. That is also a disturbance. So there can be different degrees. But essentially, whenever there is a disruption uh, when, of any kind, which may scale to higher and higher levels, Essentially, what happens is that, say, we are conscious beings, if we are here, some stimuli are flowing into our consciousness, and those stimuli threaten us. So they disrupt our normal flow of consciousness. Now, this can happen either by promise of pleasure, or it can happen by threat of trouble. Promise of pleasure, normally we won't consider pleasure to be like a crisis. But if that pleasure is going to distract us from something more serious, then that pleasure can also be a cause of a crisis. I read a story recently about how uh, there, was a <clears throat> there was a cricket match in India. I mean, something similar can happen with, say, baseball in America, but... The idea is that there was this, uh, there was this doctor 
who was supposed to be on a medical round and he also had his phone and he was looking at the scores on the phone and then because he was caught in the scores he did not pay attention to the patient properly and he misprescribed something and that almost proved fatal so there is some pleasure maybe in watching sports updates but there's a time and place for that so pleasure the promise of pleasure can also distract us and can cause crisis more often when we have threat of trouble that's when we feel it's a crisis but what exactly happens we when we we feel a threat of trouble what exactly happens so the bhagavad gita explains that our existence is three level body mind and soul so there is some stimulus at the level of the body which threatens us or which is dangerous and then that stimulus enters into our mind and from there we as conscious beings perceive it so when we perceive it that is the time when we need to decide oh what do i do at this time so just a few months ago we had the uh, few weeks ago there was a ram 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 navmi so in the ramayana there are discussions about how there are what we could call as false alarms how when there is no danger there is alarm and sometimes when there is danger but there is no alarm so when ram was searching for sita ram and lakshman they were both moving through the forest in search for sita so they came to a place called kishkind the kishkind was the place where uh, the the exiled king one uh, exiled vanara king sugriva was living over there in a forest on top of a mountain krishnashringa mountain and then as ram and lakshman were walking through the forest ram was still disconsolate because sita had been abducted and so ram just uh, ram was expressing his agony through his actions his words he was he was talking with lakshman and they were not really being discreet because they wanted to find sita and they they wanted to find sita and they wanted to find before that sugriva who would help them to find sita that was their plan so as soon as sugriva saw ram hey who is this he immediately got alarmed he said this these two people they are they are dressed like sages but they are carrying bows and arrows they are having weapons so sages are not normally armed what is going on over here so sugriva had always lived uh, had, had been had been persecuted by his brother wali for a long time and sugriva was living in fear of wali and that's why at that particular time just as just the sight of ram caused him to panic and then when he called his monkey friends and he, some of his friends had also were living with him as fugitives escaping from wali he says hey there's danger here and they look out this is what is the danger here so there are some sages walking through said so even if they are not even if they have weapons like that could be for self defense how do you know they are here to attack you why, why what is there to be afraid of this is no no maybe they are being sent by 
my my brother my wali for my death so what happened just the sight caused him fear and so in this case there was no actual threat and eventually hanuman went and talked with ram and then he brought ram and sugriv together but the point here was just the perception of something unusual was seen as oh this is terrible it's dangerous it was not dangerous but generally what happens there is a, there is there is some stimulus in the physical world then it is interpreted in the mind and based on that we experience things so sometimes there may be nothing threatening but the mind might overreact and make us make us insecure make us alarmed make us even paranoid so there's three levels there's the body the mind and the consciousness the spirit or the soul so <clears throat> at other times there might be some danger but the danger might not be perceived as danger i think it's all right there's no big deal over here and when that happens then then things can escalate because something is small might become big when ravan saw hanuman in lanka ravan was bound and uh, arrested by the by ravana's soldiers ravana's son indraji so he decided i'll punish ravan and he decided to burn sorry he decided i'll punish hanuman he decided to burn, burn hanuman's tape so he had no idea of what he was getting into he severely underestimated hanuman's prowess and the very tale which ravana himself lit in order to torment and humiliate hanuman hanuman used that very tale to set ravana's kingdom on fire so what happened over here was that hanuman's presence hanuman itself was a sign of concern and danger for ravana and further antagonizing and threatening rahanuman proved to be a further danger but the he did not ravan did not recognize it to be danger so the point is that there is physical level mental level and a higher spiritual level so normally when we have to when there is a danger when there is a crisis a huge level of a danger basically something goes wrong seriously at the physical level and then that triggers a reaction psychological level and then we act sometimes impulsively sometimes wisely depends so what we need to do in such situations is so how do we find our shelter so the verse i started with is that when rivers flow into an ocean the ocean is undisturbed what this means is that the the threat of trouble is like a stimulus flowing from the outer world it's like a river that is coming now when that river comes in what happens if our consciousness is vast like an ocean then we won't feel threatened we won't feel disturbed but if our consciousness is small like a puddle then if a river flows into it then there will be complete disruption complete total disruption so for the disruption to not happen what is required is that the consciousness has to expand 
So talking about what is outer trouble and what do we mean by inner shelter? Inner shelter in this case means that our consciousness has to be large enough so that the troubles that come into the world, coming from the world upon us, they are not, they don't seem that big or that bad. Now, how do we make our consciousness big? The size of our consciousness depends on the size of the object of our consciousness. What is it that we are attached to? What is present in our consciousness determines the size of our consciousness. So, for example, small children, they might make a they might make a sand fort on a beach or a sand castle on a beach and they might be delighted. Oh, I made such a beautiful castle. But then the tides rise and it gets disrupted. And they may just start crying frantically. What happened? So what has happened for them is that because their consciousness was so attached to that one thing, which is, which is a small thing, sand castle is a small thing, but they became very attached to it. So it causes a great disruption. So whatever it is that we are attached to, that determines the size of our consciousness. If we're attached to something small, then our consciousness is small and shrunk. If we're attached to something big, then our consciousness also expands. In fact, <clears throat> people who are able to take up big problems and still move forward, that is not because the people who are people who have resilience. Resilience means that they have the capacity to bounce back. When difficulties come, if we are going on a life journey, all of us will face difficulties and difficulties are like, a, like blows that bang us down. Blows that bang us down. So resilient people are those people who are like a rubber ball. Flung down, this rises up. Flung down, rises up. <coughs> but some people, in contrast, are like a uh, a glass ball or a glass paperweight which might on a, on a table in our home. The glass paperweight falls on the ground and just cracks apart. So those people who are resilient, now what makes them resilient? The difficulties come upon everyone. Actually, nobody's life is problem-free. Nobody's life is fear-free. So actually, what we, we, we can never, we will never have a time when our life will be free from fear or free from problems. But what we can have is a purpose that is bigger than our problems, a purpose that is bigger than our fears. And when that bigger purpose is there, that they start throwing such a tantrum because they feel, oh, I lost this video game. Now, of course, I mean, there are adults who may also get put on to video games and then it can be a problem. But the principle is that if we are attached to something small, then even a small disrupt disruption can, can, can completely flatten us. So 
the smaller the thing we are attached to, the more our consciousness is like a puddle, or the more our consciousness is like a glass paper weight. It cracks, it crashes, and it cracks apart. <clears throat> so the Bhagavad Gita is essentially a message given by Krishna to Arjuna so that he can expand his consciousness. Expand his consciousness so that he is attached to something bigger. So what is that bigger thing? That bigger thing is, is the purpose of serving Krishna. We all have certain purposes in our life. We may have purpose, okay, I have to do this job. I have to take care of my family. I have to, I mean, I want to, I have this talent. I want to build in this career, build, make a career in this area, whatever. Or we might just have some goal like, I want to be fit. I want to... If I want, if I'm sick, I want to recover my health. We all have various goals in our lives, and these are all important. But in that particular context, the Bhagavad Gita tells us that all of these need to be integrated in a bigger unifying purpose. We are souls who are parts of Krishna, and our defining identity is that we are meant to serve Krishna. Mamai vam shoji valoke. All living beings are my parts, Krishna says. And we are meant to live in harmony with him as his parts. But when we don't, then our mind and senses set up various goals for us and they drag us here and there. So all the small goals that consume our consciousness, all the small fears that come when those goals are threatened, they are all arising because our mind and senses are dominating us and they are driving us, they are driving us here and there and then misleading us. They can, they can drive us nuts. So to find inner shelter, to make our consciousness like an ocean, to make make ourselves resilient like a rubber ball which springs back up, we need to expand our consciousness by focusing it on the purpose of serving Krishna. So whatever be the particular way in which you serve Krishna, that can vary from situation to situation. So, so inner, finding inner shelter means our driving purpose in life is to serve. So now how do we make this a driving purpose. That will be the third last part and the last part of this talk. First was, what causes outer storm? Second is, what do we mean by inner shelter? And third is, okay, how do we find that inner shelter and how do we stay in that inner shelter? So basically for us, there are, we could say that there are, if there's a quadrilateral, if there's a square, this Say if we have a table, if a table is placed only on maybe it's a, it's a, it is only one foot, sometimes like we have a camera, we have a selfie stand, it basically is one rod, but it has, it is usually a tripod at the bottom, otherwise it's not stable. So if something has only one foot, then it's not very stable. If it has two, it is more stable. If it's three, it's even more stable. If, it has, if there's a big table, it usually has, say, four feet. And that's even stable. So for us to find a shelter the, in the purpose of serving Krishna, 
we can have basically a square which has four four supports to it. So those four supports are four S. Our topic was shelter, and this is also S. Uh, shelter is S, and this is also four S. So therefore, these are Sanskrit words. This is basically there is sadhana, siddhanta, sangha, and seva. So sadhana is our daily spiritual practices. So when we talk about finding inner shelter or expanding our consciousness, this is not just a conceptual exercise. It's not a, just a thought exercise. Thought exercise means we just like we do some physical exercises. If somebody might lift weight, somebody might do push-ups, somebody might jog, whatever. Now it's good to do exercises, but the idea is with exercises, our, phys our physique should become healthier. So a thought exercise is something which we might do occasionally. But sadhana is a regular regimen of spiritual practices. And that expands our consciousness. Now, uh, when we, for example, our sadhana centers on chanting the, chanting the Hare Krishna mantra and fixing the mind on Krishna through direct devotional activities. An important aspect of such sadhana is that when we try to meditate on Krishna, the key is not so much to focus the mind on Krishna as to just become aware of where our mind is. Sometimes when we practice our sadhana, we just get frustrated because we may not be able, we are chanting the holy name, but we are not able to fix the mind on the Lord. And what is the use of this? You may think, oh, meditation is meant that I should be absorbed, I should be absorbed, I should be Well, not necessarily. That will happen gradually. But if meditation just makes us more aware of where we are, what we are doing, and then, oh, my mind is wandering. Let me get it back. It's wandering. Let me get it back. That awareness itself is a step forward in our spiritual journey. Then when our consciousness starts getting caught in small, small things, we'll be able to get it back. So there's an English saying that if a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing well. Yes, that is true, but that's not the only truth. Some things are worth doing, they're worth doing well, and they are worth doing badly also. Worth doing badly doesn't mean that we do them badly, but even if we are doing them badly, still it's worth doing. Why? Because even through these badly done activities, they're so important that they will sustain us, they will grow, they'll help us grow. So it's like for us when we do our sadhana, it is like a mother, say, feeding a child some food, some healthy food. Now the child is so restless, the child doesn't want to eat at all. The child is hastily, forcefully shaking her head. No, no, no. Now the mother wants to catch the head and maybe pour some nutritious drink into the child's mouth. Now, because the child is shaking the head so much, most of the drink just spills away. But the mother may say, oh, all this drink is spilling away. What is the use of giving the drink to the child? But the mother doesn't think that. Still, the mother tries to give. Why? Because a few drops will go in. A few trickles will go in. And they will nourish the child. And gradually, as the child is nourished more and more, 
the child will say, hey, this, this feels good. This makes me strong. So although the drink might be tasty, the child has decided, no, it's not tasty. I don't want it. Ah, because my mother is wanting me to take it, I will not take it. But some of the child starts taking it and starts realizing, hey, this is good. So similarly for us, when we do our sadhana, our mind is like that child. And we need to be like the mother, the intelligence. Yes, the mind will go here, there, here, there. Krishna says, wherever and whenever the mind wanders, bring it back under the control. And he says, by this, gradually purification will happen. Gradually absorption will come. So for us to find the inner shelter, sadhana, our spiritual practices are like one pillar. The shelter is like the table. The table is where if it's a table or it's a couch or it's a couch, it's a bed, whatever we want to we want to keep some of our items there or we want to lie down over there. If it is well supported, we can lie down. So for us to have that inner shelter, the inner shelter has to be built up. It has to be supported, propped up properly. So one of the feet of that object of that inner shelter is our sadhana. The second is our siddhanta. Siddhanta basically means the philosophical understanding. In the Chetan Charitamrut, it is said, Siddhanta Bali Achitena Kare Alas, Ihahite Krishna Lake Sudrudha Manas. That don't be lazy, saying, Oh, all this is philosophy, I'm not interested in it. I just want to relish Krishna. I just want to experience bliss. There is a large amount of, large number of people who just want some spiritual experiences. Say, I don't want to get into this philosophy, metaphysics business. Well, that's fine. We all, every, all of us want to experience something higher. But for, for understanding what we are experiencing, for having a map to make that experience repetitive, we need a guidebook. We need, and that is the philosophy. So the philosophy helps us remember what is real, what is enduring, what is fleeting. Now what has happened in today's world is that we, the whole world was going on a particular course and imagine if a giant, if a, if a wheel is moving, if a giant Ferris wheel is moving, or a small wheel is moving, and suddenly, say somebody is riding a car, or riding a cycle, a, bi a cycle, bicycle, and then as the wheel is moving, somebody just throws a stick into the wheel, and they throw a stick into the wheel, and the wheel just comes stop, and the person that is almost thrown off. So, like that, the current crisis is like a stick that has come into the uh, the moving wheel of the world. And suddenly there is a stop. So this can be very disrupting. So in the normal course of our life, the world doesn't tell us any philosophy. What the world offers us is not philosophy, but philosophy. Philosophy is the sophistry of fools, the false logic, the misleading logic of people who are either themselves uh, not very wise or they're at least out to make us unwise. What is, what is philosophy in this context? It means that the world makes us take the temporary things very seriously. 
the small things very seriously. It makes us be conscious and attached to small things. But the philosophy, philosophy literally means feeling is love, so force is truth, love of truth. What is real? What is enduring? What really matters? So those questions are what philosophy raises and what philosophy answers. So regularly when we study scripture, when we hear classes based on spiritual wisdom as given in the Bhagavad Gita and other sacred texts, by that our consciousness becomes, becomes reminded that it should be sheltered in that which is lasting, not that which is fleeting. So, so the more when we practice our sadhana, if there is a siddhant is there with it, then when the mind wanders, we will want to get it back to Krishna. Siddhanta. Siddhanta is the philosophical understanding. Then the third is Sangha. Sangha is association. So when we when we want to practice anything, we are innately social creatures. So even if we we like to be alone. Say some of us are introverts, some of us are extroverts. Even if some people are introverts, it's not that introverts want to be forever alone. We, if they just want to regulate uh, their interaction with people. Not too many people, not too much time. But, but all of us need, need a social circle around us. We are social creatures. And now these social circles around us, what is the effect of that on us? Sangha is that association which also spiritualizes our consciousness. So if you are associating with, with spiritually minded people, with devotees, then by that our consciousness is again directed toward Krishna, toward the spiritual. The essence of association is not physical proximity. Physical proximity is that, okay, we go into a, physically into a program and we spend some time over there. That is good if we can do it. But if situations don't allow us to do it, the essence of association is the transfer of desires. The transfer of desires means that whatever are the desires of the of spiritually minded people, of the devotees, those desires come into our consciousness. At the end of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna does not tell, uh, Krishna completely speaking the Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna. And then Arjuna doesn't say, oh Arjuna, great class. What does Arjuna say? Karishe vachinam tava. I will do your will. That means he basically says that, my that your, your desire has become my desire. So, so association, Sangha is what enables us to address our social need while also fulfilling our spiritual purpose. So rather than associating with people who are non-spiritually minded, of course, for a functional purpose, we may need to associate with them. But for our own inner nourishment, if our, we have association uh, that is spiritually minded, then that can inspire us also to take shelter of Krishna. And then the last is seva. Seva, there, is, there are two things. There is Seva and there is Seva Bhav. Seva Bhav is a service attitude and Seva itself is service. So a service attitude needs to permeate everything that we do. 
sadhana has to be done in a service attitude the siddhanta when we study also we do it in the service attitude not that i want to conquer i want to show the world how clever i am i know this philosophy that philosophy no but the idea is we need to have a service attitude for everything uh, for everything that we do we want to have that attitude of krishna i am doing this in the mood of service to you how can i do this best but simultaneously we need to have some service service is what keeps us engaged and connected if we don't have anything to do then our mind will give us a lot of things to do and most of those things will be either unproductive at best or counterproductive at worst uh, in the current pandemic there is a increasing concern there is a concern for physical health because the virus is everywhere or at least it's feared to be everywhere but along with that there is an increasing concern for the mental health of people we want to flatten the pandemic curve but what about the panic curve in people's minds and when people are idle their mind starts playing uh, play, their mind becomes a devil's workshop when we are during our idle time our mind starts working overtime so we need to have something to do and that something if it is a service to krishna then now of course our whole life can be defined as service to krishna but we also need some specific service that we are doing directly for krishna that is our practical connection with krishna so we could say sadhana is our spiritual connection to spiritual practices siddhant is our intellectual connection then sangha is our social emotional connection and seva is our practical connection so through all these ways when we connect with krishna then that these four become like the four supports the four feet for the for the bed for the couch for the table that becomes our inner shelter and in that way if we are doing these four activities steadily now then we will no matter what crisis we are facing we will find inner shelter sometimes we might do one activity more sometimes we may find that one particular activity uses the shelter of krishna more uh, that is fine but we need all these four activities at a broad level and by this we all can expand our consciousness to become like a ocean and then even in the with the storms even if the rivers of worldly disturbances come in we will be sheltered internally we will not be that disturbed disturbances will come but they won't disturb us because we have found shelter in transcendence shelter in krishna so i'll summarize i spoke today on this topic of how to find inner shelter amid outer crisis so i talked about three parts first what is outer crisis what is inner shelter and then how do we find that inner shelter so outer crisis broadly i said that there are the physical mental and spiritual three levels of perception so there's something in the physical world which tempts or more often threatens us and then in the mind there is a perception sometimes there is no danger but we perceive it as a danger sometimes there is danger but we don't perceive it as danger talk about sugriva thinking that ram is dangerous and ravan thinking hanuman is harmless or hanuman is powerless so that misperception can cause problems but the for us to deal with danger what do we need to do our consciousness needs to be 
sheltered in something higher, in something bigger. So our consciousness is to be like an ocean, not like a puddle. If it's a puddle, then danger is like a like a river which disrupts that puddle. Or another example I discussed is that we need to be resilient, not be like a glass paperweight which falls and cracks apart, but be like a rubber ball which is which falls but springs up again. So for this resilience to be developed, how do we do that? We have to check what is it that our consciousness is attached to. The smaller the thing our consciousness is attached to, the more disturbed we are. Or when that small thing is threatened. But the bigger the object we are attached to, then small, small disturbances don't disturb us that much. So the biggest object to be attached to is the purpose of serving Krishna. Understanding that I'm a soul and everything that I do is unified by the purpose of serving Krishna. So the serving Krishna, uh, this purpose of serving Krishna is like our inner shelter. And this inner shelter, if you consider it to be a bed or a seat on which we are sheltered, it has four supports. Those four supports are our sadhana, the regular spiritual practices. In these, even if it is not done well, still done, even done badly also, it's like drinking a few drops of uh, nutritious juice that also benefits us. And then there is sadhana, then there is siddhanta. Siddhanta helps us remember what really matters. So, so philosophy protects us from philosophy, the sophistry of fools. Then, then there is sangha. The essence of association is not just physical proximity, but the, but the alignment of desire, the transfer of desires from those who are, whom we are associating with to us. And then lastly is our seva. That is our primary study connection of what is it that I'm practically doing for connecting with Krishna. So through this, through the spiritual, intellectual, social, emotional, and practical connections, if we strive to stay connected with Krishna, we will find shelter even amid crisis. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Are there any questions or comments? Hare Krishna, if you have any questions, either on Facebook or on Zoom, we're checking also on Facebook. You can type in your comments and we can relay them to Chaitanya Charan Prabhu. Or if you're on Zoom, uh, please feel free to, you can either raise your hand or unmute yourself and and ask any questions that you're interested in. Hare Krishna, Chaitanya Charan Prabhu. So, regarding Apurya Manamachala Pratishta, many rivers coming in, and if there's depth, then we're not shaken. If, you know, if we're shallow, then there's turbulence. So, I was wanting to ask just your, your reflections and realizations in the Bhagavad Gita, there's quite a few verses uh, that are very, especially in this Kali Yuga, where Krishna um, speaks to Arjuna about one who uh, is equipoised amongst praise and blame, honor and dishonor. There's a thread of verses, you know, chapter 6, chapter 14, chapter 12, one who sees friends and enemies alike. And so it, they seem very lofty, seems very ideal, like, wow, that's like, you know, you're like, if you're like that, you're like Jesus or something, you know, you're, you're mm. like, you know, that's, that's someone who's beyond this world. And so 
these seem to be very challenging. Even, even as a sadaka, it uh, seems to be very trying in the day-to-day -day interactions in this world of dealing with honor and dishonor, praise and blame, or so, you know, someone just, there's a certain behavior and, and like that, well, now it's very challenging to not see that person as my enemy or hey, they did this and now I see them as my friend. And then within the next moment or season, something might happen and now again, they're an enemy. And so this kind of fluctuation just seems, at least yeah. from my experience, seems to be very challenging. And so, yeah, just your realizations is of, 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 of the practitioner of bhakti staying steady, uh, or at least, yeah, striving for steadiness of, of those ideals amidst. That's uh, true, yes. Yeah, you. anyways, maybe you can unpack that a little bit. Uh, thank you. So generally, The staying steady itself can be a challenge. It seems can, can seem very idealistic. Uh, now, it's important to look at the Bhagavad Gita in context. The Bhagavad Gita is a part of the Mahabharata. And soon after the Bhagavad Gita is spoken, uh, the Purukshetra war starts. And if we look at Arjuna, or I say specifically Arjuna because Bhagavad Gita is spoken to Arjuna, do we really see him exactly living in this way? Is Arjuna is easy, completely poised in happiness and distress. Uh, we see uh, soon after that, Abhimanyu is killed brutally, unfairly. And Arjuna is devastated. He's shattered, then he's infuriated. And initially, he lashes out his own brothers. This is all of you, or all your. Weapons, just some ornaments. Could any of you protect my son? He even turns around and says, Krishna, you must have known what is happening. Why didn't you tell me? So now at that time, Krishna doesn't become judgmental and say, hey, I told you the Bhagavad Gita, have you forgotten it already? And he doesn't say even that, you know, nobody's the body. You are Abhimanyu is the soul. Why are you so attached to the body when the soul is eternal? Nor does he say, at that time that, oh, it was Abhimanyu's karma because of which he died. Or because of your karma that you had a son, who, you had to lose a son. So then there are no, there are no, philosophy is not used to give pat answers to life's challenges. Nor is philosophy used to, to, to repress normal human emotions. And this is just one example of Abhanyu's death. But we see Arjuna goes through a whole panorama of emotions during the Kurukshetra war. And Krishna doesn't tell him to repress his emotions. So the point is that, as you rightly said, this can seem idealistic. There are the stars and there are the stairs. So normally our stairs won't take us to a star, then this take us to a higher level of a building. But the idea is that the stairs have small, small accessible steps. And the stars are high up in the sky. So when Krishna tells Arjuna that be equipoised, that is like the state, like at the level of a star, high up in the sky. But at least knowing okay, that that is a state that is what those who are spiritually completely well situated will have. Understanding that 
can help us move in that direction. And in our situation, uh, even if say, if if we consider the graph or, or consciousness, you know, in, in in good situations it just goes high up, and in bad situations it goes way down, with like an extreme sine wave. Now instead of just extreme, if it just becomes a little lesser, then it can make a significant difference. So the emotional extremes that we all go through, they're just up at one level, just a part of our human condition. So we cannot deny or repress them, but even if they become a little less extreme, that can improve the quality of our life, the quality of our decisions. And so we can see this more as a, uh, more as a stairs. Okay, this is the direction in which we need to go. It's not necessary that we have to be at that level. And also if we see well, some places what Krishna says, that's considered 520, he says, na praharishet priyam prapya, no dujet prapya chapya, stira buddhira sammuro, brahma with brahmanisita. Don't be elated when there is joy and don't be dejected when there is, uh, don't be elated when good things happen, don't be dejected when bad things happen. So we often focus on this, don't be elated, don't be dejected. But let's look at the other half of it. That means Krishna is not saying that you have to be blind and unfeeling that sometimes good things happen, sometimes bad things happen. So it's not that we don't even, we are so immune, we are so inert, that we don't even know, notice good or bad things. Not like that. We will notice them, but Krishna says don't get carried away by them. Don't get swept away by them. So, and how will that happen? Brahma with Brahmanistataha. If one is situated in spiritual knowledge, and as spiritual knowledge is situated in spiritual understanding, then one will not get swept away that much. So the to become spiritual, spiritualizing our consciousness is not dehumanizing ourselves. There are normal human emotions, and those will come naturally. But we make sure that we don't get swept away too much by them. In many ways, if we consider what is the difference between a child or a teenager and an adult. Normally, when somebody is adult or they're mature, what it means is that they are not, they don't go through so much emotional extremes. They're emotionally stable. So now, of course, emotional stability is only one kind of stability. It could also have intellectual stability. And sometimes some people, they are so intellectually influenceable that one person provides one kind of perspective and they say that this is the only way to do things. And somebody else gives another perspective. And such people are quite easily manipulable. And it's not just based on emotions. Actually, the reasoning gets completely distinct. They hear one side of the story and they say, this is right. This, is, this person is right. The other person is terrible. And then they hear the other side of the story. Oh, you're right. That person is terrible. So when we avoid these extremes, that's how, so rather than expecting the consciousness to be like a flat, even if it becomes a less modulating, uh, less uh, wavering, the amplitude becomes lesser instead of this much, it just becomes this much. That also is an improvement. Does that address the question? Thank you. I have to I have to be going for some service, so it's very wonderful. Yeah, we're gonna be out of there by the time releases are up. Thank you. Happy to be of service and shall we stop here then? I think it's time for you also. No, no, I, I just have to go. I think others are okay for 
more questions. If there are any other questions, uh, please feel free to chime in or, or text them in. If you if definitely if you're in Zoom, please do chime in. We'd love to hear any more questions for Prabhu. If you're watching on Facebook, you can also write in on Facebook. Ananda Prabhu, are you hearing me? Paramesh, yes. we'd like to ask a question. Yes, please go. We can hear you. Okay. Yes. Hare Krishna, Chaitanya Charan Prabhu. Hi, Rose. So nice meeting. Yeah, you were talking about consciousness and you're saying where we place our consciousness, where we repose it, um, that determines like the, the size of it. Like if, if we place our consciousness in Krishna, he's big, then our consciousness is big and small, you know, it, the consciousness is small. So the argument might be raised, like a devotee might say, well, I do repose my faith and trust in Krishna and hopefully my consciousness is expanded to a certain degree. But still, in the face of imminent danger and adversity, um, once faith is actually tested, one begins to, one might begin to waver and flounder in one's faith and trust in Krishna. And one might see like, although my consciousness is supposed to be big, yet I can't depend on Krishna because he seems so whimsical, so erratic. Uh, he knows the whole picture. Krishna holds, knows the whole picture and I don't, I don't know. So, so I don't know what he'll do and I, I don't know what to believe. And um, I'm getting confused and bewildered because there's so much relativity and I'm not quite sure about the absolute. So um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I have this sense of yeah. Oh, so what can one do? Yeah, I understand. To have that faith and trust in Krishna. So even when we understand we should repose our consciousness in Krishna, but still our faith may get tested at times, especially when there are severe difficulties. Yes. See again, uh, continuing the theme from the previous answer. It is not that we can just by our practicing bhakti, we don't completely go beyond our human condition. So fear of danger is natural. Even Shla Prabhupada himself says that when he was distributing uh, back to God magazines on the streets of Delhi, and he was distributing and one time a cow came and hit him. It was knocked over on the magazines, just fell aside and he was just lying on the streets of and then Prabhupada's thought came in my mind, why, uh, why is this happening to me? So why is this happening to me? So Srila Prabhupada writes in the purport that a devotee may be perplexed, but a devotee is not discouraged. Hmm. Perplexed means we don't know what to do. Discouraged means we don't feel like doing anything. So all of us, as you rightly said, that life is uncertain. And even if we have the intention to serve Krishna, sometimes it may not be clear, how does Krishna want me to serve me? What am I to do in this situation? So if we understand this difference between perplexity and discouragement, perplexity will come in everyone's life because life is complex. And even with a clear intention to serve, still how to serve may not be clear. That's perplexity. So. There is something, there is, I, I like to differentiate between two things. 
there is the human condition and there is the human conditioning they two different things then the very the human conditioning means we have our say anger greed envy illusion uh, arrogance all these things that's human conditioning human conditioning needs to be overcome but the human condition itself means that we are finite we are fallible and that means that uh, we we don't know the whole picture and even what we think we know it might be that we know it wrong so that's why uh, our, our, our spiritual growth we can we can get over our human conditioning but we don't get over our human condition that's that's what we are right now and even at a spiritual level we never become infinite we never become infallible even when we become purified because we are we are tiny parts of krishna so now this per, once we understand perplexity is understandable so then we won't let that perplexity translate into discouragement so how do we avoid that when when life throws a curved ball at us when say we have we have planned up to go on a particular path in life and suddenly the lights go off it's all black so at that time the way ahead is small simple steps s s s i got this is another s we discussed four s earlier but this is small simple steps what can i do right now how can i serve krishna not in the big picture but right now so there are times when we need to think about the big picture in life there are times when we need to think about the long term purpose okay what will i do after one year after five years where do i want to be after 10 years there are times when we need to think about a life in the long term but that is not when there are too many variables for us see when there are too many variables too many uncertainties too many things are uh, going wrong or going unpredictably that is the time when rather than rather than thinking of the long term we need to focus focus on the immediate okay what can i do right now during unmanageably difficult times we need to we need to reduce our working frame to manageable units of time manageable units of time is this is such a big problem i don't know how i'm going to deal with it okay can i deal with this for one day today or if one day also seems too big for the next one hour can i be my best self for the next one hour i will not i will not grumble i will not yell at anyone i will not beat myself up internally let me just be the best that i can and if you are able to do it for one hour we try to we we then appreciate ourselves we thank krishna for giving us the strength giving us the opportunity and then gird ourselves for the next one where and there are such situations where we don't know what to do and we don't know whether what we do will even make any difference <laughs> when life itself becomes discouraging then we have to become encouraging toward ourselves we have to do what it takes to create positivity and purpose within us so that means just take small steps small simple steps 
and if we start doing that it's like we can't get the street lights back the street is completely dark but our service attitude in terms of what how can i serve krishna right now what are the small simple steps i can take right now that becomes like our flashlight and the flashlight shows one step forward one step forward one step forward and if we keep taking this flashlight we will find in due course that we will not only have small small steps forward but gradually the lights will come back the phases of perplexity will end so to differentiate between again in terms of this metaphor between being perplexed and discouraged uh, so when the lights go up oh what do i do i don't know i'm perplexed but when i'm discouraged oh lights have gone i can't do anything i just quit no so perplexity we will be perplexed but we don't have to be discouraged and we avoid discouragement by focusing using our service attitude on small simple steps and they will make a difference gradually we keep serving krishna and krishna will help us see through these difficulties whatever karma may get us to krishna will get us through whatever karma may get us to krishna will get us through does that answer your question thank you very much it's very practical great Are there any other questions for Chichana Chandrapur? I just had a reflection. Yes, please. I was uh, I'm appreciating the uh, metaphor you're using of the if the consciousness is broad and, and expansive then then the whatever's whatever disturbances there are, are are coming in or that are existing in the body or mind there they won't sort of disrupt the consciousness and i was thinking actually this morning that those those disturbances may may continue to exist for a certain amount of time they may change and like you were saying the the wave it may become less dramatic um but it it will it will always be there for as long as we have our conditioning and that and that that it can happen happen simultaneously and so sometimes there's this idea of like well if when i'm when i'm krishna conscious then none none of the disturbances will even ever be there but it's not true <laughs> they'll always be there so i was just uh, appreciating your analogy and also thinking that sometimes we think that that the disturbance is coming from others but really it's a lot of it is 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 our own mind Prabhupad was just to respond to that one. That Prabhupad was very firm in his purpose, but still Prabhupad was, uh, in many ways, he was full of emotions. Many of Prabhupad disciples said that Prabhupad had the most alive eyes that we ever saw in any person. Prabhupad, when he was when he was pleased, when he was annoyed, when he was angry, he was expressive. So it was not that. Uh, prabhupad was emotionally like a flat it is he was fixed in his purpose but he was also responsive and yes we will have those we will have natural emotions but the test of determination 
is not the absence of emotion but it is it is perseverance independent of emotion this is my purpose and i'll continue my purpose no matter how i feel but that doesn't mean there are no emotions so i think looking at the example of uh, how scriptural teachings are lived helps us to remove the scriptural teachings from the level of uh, unrealistic idealism to practical applicability thank you thanks so thank you shall we stop here or are there any other questions yeah, yes thank, thank you. you so much prabhu thank you krishna prabhupad ki jai jai prabhu with you hare krishna thank you for taking this thank time this early morning for you so thank you for carving out these hours for us and um we're very much anxious and waiting for your your physical presence with us when all of this passes so thank you so much for speaking we happy to come see hare krishna hare krishna uh we will have uh one short kirtan but before we have some kirtan uh we would like to request all the prayers from the devotees uh a devotee in our community uh recently uh lost their father and so uh we want to pray for uh this devotee and their family and their father and his father that that krishna guide him to his to his next destination uh with with the love and compassion that krishna is known for and uh and that his family can also be held within you know within a space of of solidarity and uh peacefulness so that that they're able to process this calamity uh in a deep space so we'll chant one hari krishna mahamantra for this devotee and uh please uh keep these keep these uh, souls in your thoughts so we can chant together hari krishna hari krishna 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 hari 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 rama hari rama 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 hari 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 krishna please protect this family and their father uh, as their father is transitioning to their next destination please guide him and bring him closer to your devotional service and please bring all of all of their family members closer to you during this time of calamity thank you for considering our request hari krishna so in the upcoming weeks we have a very wonderful guest coming up so this following week next sunday we'll have mother urmila uh many of you if you, you may have seen her before she's come to denver quite often uh she's an author a scholar and a disciple of shri prabhupad uh she has many books that are that are uh, very enlightening and we we can we can share about those uh so she'll be speaking next sunday at at starting at 5 pm for sunday feast the following sunday will be ragunath prabhu uh it a um he was the lead singer of a a krishna core band called shelter and currently uh and he's he's quite a world famous yoga teacher as well and currently he's running a very successful podcast called wisdom of the sages uh and so he'll be speaking on may 3rd and then uh then in the may 10th and may 17th we have two other special guests that we're still confirming but uh it's it's going to be jam packed as we said with the magic of the internet we can have people all over the world
come and share the overflow of their of their dedication and practice. So uh, please let your friends know and, and tune in. Um, now, if you don't mind, if you are there, we'd like to see all your faces, and we'll have one more kirtan. And so please, uh, please turn your cameras on so we can see you dancing and singing. We'll have one more kirtan. How's the audio? Is the audio sound okay with this mic? I'm trying something new. Doesn't seem to sound different, but it looks fancy. It looks cool, but it just doesn't really do anything. I don't know. Okay. It sound different to me. I mean, looking cool is okay. 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 So we'll, we'll, it's we'll, working. We'll, we, okay, maybe that's better. That's better? Namo Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamiji Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nevishesha Srinivari Pashtatya Deshapari Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Garada Shri Vasari Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, everybody, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Krishna, 
Krishna, Krishna, And please yell, Haribo! On the count of three, one, two, three, unmute. Haribo! Haribo! <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, devotees. Thank you for being here. Now, following, are we having, Nandasuna is doing reading now? Yes, 6.30. You can stay, tune on to the Facebook page. Nandasuna will be doing reading. And Mother Nidra there is giving us darshan right before the curtains close. That was really nice. Wait, let's, can we pin Mother Nidra's video for everybody? Okay, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll get darshan of the Lord Chips. Oh. There we go. Oh. And Bhagavapal Prabhu, Gornitai Kijai, Shushirada Govinda Kijai, Kijai, Sati Mataji Kijai, Mother Tadiya Kijai, Sila Prabhupada Kijai, Nandasuno Kijai. So after this, the transcendental sound continues uh, going over to the temple, tuning in on Facebook Live again. We'll have Nandasuna reading Bhagavad Gita. Thank you again so much, devotees, for being here. 
and we will see you, if not sooner, next Sunday. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thanks, Nanda. Thank you. Hare Bo. Hare Bo. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.